Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Phil Stringer, worship and creative arts pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires you and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Phil, worship team. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. Hallelujah. You can be seated if you're able. This morning, we're going to talk about uh, a challenge that many, many people are facing during these days. I'm on the phone with pastors and leaders uh, from all over the country uh, every week, and uh, the topic uh, that I'm going to talk about this morning keeps coming up, and all the things that, uh, that I'm dealing with and helping uh, with churches and pastors with. Discouragement identifies us with failure. Discouragement causes doubt to control our lives. Discouragement freezes our creative minds. Discouragement paralyzes our faith. Discouragement magnifies, magnifies our problems. Discouragement forces us to become introverted. Discouragement clouds our vision. And discouragement can dash our dreams. One of the famous prophets of the Old Testament understood what discouragement can do to you over in 1 Kings chapter 19. He became so discouraged that here's what he says, 1 Kings 19 and verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, that's Elijah, and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. That's pretty discouraging when you say to the Lord, take my life. Unfortunately, we've had people say that in the last year in the midst of this pandemic. Today, I'm going to talk to you about four things that are critical to your ability to live successfully in these days without allowing discouragement to overtake your life. Now, I grew up with a song that some of you may remember. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roams. Sing it if you remember it. Where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. I'm looking for that place. <laughs> Where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Elijah faces the, one of the great challenges of his life. He has been mightily used by God, 
And yet he comes to this moment where he wants to give it all up. He wants to die and not live. If we're gonna be successful, we've been this, in this for about a year now and we see some hope at the end of the, the tunnel, but there's still, it still wears on us. I wanna see us live victorious and not live allowing discouragement to overtake our lives. So if you're taking any notes today, here's number one. If you're gonna be successful during these days. The first thing is that we're to add up and remember all the successes of our past. Elijah had stood against the prophets of Baal. Elijah had been mightily used by God, but he's sitting under a tree now and he's forgotten all the things that God has done for him. We get discouraged when we forget God's blessing in our lives. We sang about it this morning. God was very careful to put into the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, places to remember his goodness. Remember the feasts that were instituted in the Old Testament, the feast of the Passover. It was the remembering of the fact that when God's people were in Egyptian bondage, the death angel was to pass over the homes and the firstborn child was gonna be killed. But if the family put, the, put blood on the doorpost of the home, when the death angel passed, no harm would come to that household. As a reminder that the, that the blood of God, God's power, his, his forgiveness, and his blood was a protector and a covering for them. And so they celebrated the Passover, remembering what God did. The Feast of Tabernacles was another one of those places of celebration that for 40 years God took care of them in the wilderness. He fed them, he guided them, he directed them. So they celebrated the Feast of the Tabernacles, remembering what God had done. When they crossed over the Red Sea, the Lord said, build a monument, a place where you remember that the Egyptians were coming after you and I divided the waters of the Red Sea and you were able to cross over miraculously to the other side. When they crossed over the River Jordan 40 years later, the Lord said, put a monument here to remember what I did. I, I think it's important that every believer have those kind of moments in your life where you can remember what God did. Remember God's faithfulness. And if you need to, make a list right now. Make a list this week of, of five to eight things that God showed up in your life at some point and he was gracious, he was faithful, he was there, and you're here today because of it. Once a month here at this church, we come to the table of the Lord and to what we call communion. Jesus is the one who instituted that. That wasn't started by Calvary Church. That wasn't started uh, just as an historical fact. It was started because Jesus said, I want you to do this. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you declare the Lord's death till he comes again. The day will come when we will be with him and there'll be the great marriage supper of the Lamb where we will all gather from every nation, tribe, and tongue and we'll celebrate the fact that Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world is now the King of kings and the Lord of lords and everything is subject to him. That day is coming. 
And Jesus said, every time you gather together, we do that the first Sunday of every month. Every time we come together the first Sunday of the month and we break bread, we share the communion, we are saying, Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus is victorious. Jesus will one day settle it all. All the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. And we're doing it at least once a month here at Calvary Church. It's so easy for stuff to become rituals and formalities. Yet Jesus said, I want you to remember. I want you to remember. Each one of us can look over places in our past where the Lord guided us. How often it is important for us to remember the blessings of God, the faithfulness of God. I can't, can never live a day without remembering the fact that the doctors told me I probably wouldn't be here 22 years ago. But I am here because of his grace. I can't live one day without remembering that. Some of you have those watermarks in your own life where God showed up and that because of it, you're here today. If you're gonna live without discouragement, you've gotta to continue to remember the blessings that God has brought to your life. The second one, you need to subtract all the discouraging influences in your life. You see, Elijah started listening to all the wrong voices. Perhaps you have friends like Job had in the Bible. Think about people you hang around. Think about people you spend most of your time with. Are, are they positive influences in your life? Or are they negative influences? Do they lift you up or do they put you down? Do they possess such attitudes as envy and jealousy and anger and bitterness? What I'd like to talk about, I don't know about you, but I, I don't wanna be around people that are constantly negative. Don't nudge your husband, I saw that. Just don't want to be around people who are constantly negative. People who see the hole and never the donut. People who've already found fault with, with this service already today. God bless you. And you say, well, you know, pastor, I'm just trying to minister to sister what's in their face. And, and uh, you know, I understand that. But at some point, if you love sister, what's her face or brother, whatever, you want to say to them, you know what? You need to stop the negative talk. You need to stop all the negative words. If you love people, you want to help them. And people continuing to be negative, who, who you know, they, they're the ones who get up in the morning and check the newspaper to make sure they're not in the obituary section. <laughs> negative attitudes, negative thoughts. I, you know, I, I just choose not to be around people like that. At some point, we don't need negative voices in our life. That's why I'm not on Twitter. That's why I'm not even on Facebook today. I don't need the negative influence in my life. Now, there's good stuff there, but there's always somebody griping about something. There's always something wrong with everything. You know what? I don't need that in my life right now. I don't need to watch all the stuff that's on the, on the media. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to behave right here now. 
I don't need that garbage in my life. If I wanna know something, I just ask somebody else who's watching it. I don't, you gotta subtract all the negative influences in your life. You can't listen to garbage every day and expect to be healthy emotionally. And so we gotta start subtracting some of those negative things that we keep letting come into our minds and our hearts and our heads. Yeah, the amens are drowning me out. I guess we ought to move to point three, hadn't we? Here's point three. Multiply God's promises to you. Let me just share one of God's promises. Isaiah 43, it's one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament, here it is. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it shall not, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. How many think that could be good to, to read to yourself every day? See, what I wanna ask everybody in this room to do is get four or five passages of scripture that declare the promises of God, that declare who he is and his commitment to you. And I'm gonna ask you to get up every morning and read over and over again the promises of God. Read the promises of God. Read the promises of God. You see, we do, don't even begin to, to believe that coming here or watching the word of God being preached in this church on Sunday morning is enough for you. It's not. You've got to be a self-feeder. You know, a guy came up to me one day and said, well, I'm just not being fed. I said, really? So how much time do you spend in the Word every week? Well, you know, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm. You see, we're supposed to be self-feeders. We're supposed to be able to people who can read the Word and get into the Word and study the Word and receive from the Word. Multiply God's promises to you. Read the word, study the word, meditate upon the word. It's the word of God that builds faith in your life. It's the word of God that gives you the strength to be an overcomer. You gotta multiply God's promises in your life. So here, here's, here's what we're saying. If you wanna defeat discouragement, if you wanna live in victory, the first thing is you gotta remember you gotta remember God's faithfulness. You gotta remember God's word. You gotta remember what God has done to get you to where you are because he has been faithful, amen? We sang about it earlier. He's been faithful. He's been faithful. Secondly, you, you, you've gotta stop letting garbage into your head and your heart. And you can decide where that's coming from. You cannot let that kind of stuff just continue to come at you and come get into your spirit and not get discouraged. Thirdly, you gotta multiply God's promises to you in your life. His word, read it, meditate on it, quote it. You gotta get that into your spirit because your spirit man is strong if, it's, if the word of God is constantly being fed into your life. I know this is simple, but that's what we need now, something simple. Here's the fourth thing. Divide up God's blessings and give, them, give it away to other people. 
Verse 19, the Lord communicated his power to Elijah. Elijah communicated what God had done in his life to Elisha. There's no more effective way of overcoming discouragement than by sharing something with somebody else. One of the major, major causes of discouragement is self-pity. We begin to forget ourselves by reaching out to others. A spirit of usefulness and encouragement invades our lives. That's why I'm so grateful for the hundreds of people called Calvary Church Home who've been involved in all of our outreaches and, and our ministry to this community and our 336 initiatives in November and December and continues on now every month that we are giving out, we're sharing, we're, we're connecting our lives to people and giving away Jesus to other people. A self-centered church is one that Jesus can't pastor. So let's don't think we can find a candidate. An inward focused church, the Lord himself cannot pastor that church because self-centeredness is sin. You know, I meet too many Christians say, you know, enough about me, what about me? What have you done for me lately? You see, what the Lord is wanting us to, to do and, 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 and this body of believers is responding so beautifully in the face of all we're going through is if we're gonna be the church Jesus has called us to be, we've gotta take what God has given us and give it away to other people. See, I made a decision a long time ago. I'm not going to live my life with a clenched fist. I'm going to live my life with an open hand. Because I've never seen tight, stingy people that were happy. Mm -hmm. We're going to give what we have. We're going to share what God has given us. We're going to multiply what God has done in our lives and give it away to others. Talked to someone recently who had, who had just in so much defeat and discouragement in their lives. And they said this one word to me that triggered something in me. This man said, I've lost all hope. That's the story of so many people right now. What is hope? Here's my definition for hope. Hope is patience with a light on. Some of you remember the old commercials of, was it Motel 6? They said, we're going to leave the light on for you. Hope is in the midst of whatever you're going through, just know there's a light at the end of that tunnel somewhere. Hope is holding on when things around you begin to slip away. <clears throat> Hope is praying expectantly when there seems to be no answer. G.K. Morgan tells the story of a man whose shop had been burned to the ground. He arrived at the ruins the next morning carrying a table. He set the table amidst the charred debris and above it placed an, a sign that said this, everything lost except my wife, children, and hope. Business will be resumed as usual tomorrow morning. I love that. You heard about the guy who had a little, little general store and a big box store came to town and wanted to buy up all the property, including his. And he didn't feel the love to sell it to them. So they just built all around him. They just built the building right all around his little store. 
came time for the grand opening of the big box store. And this is, this is what the guy did. He put a big sign in front of his store that said, entrance. <laughs> See, that's my kind of guy right there. That's my kind of guy. The devil's trying to do everything he can to discourage you, to wear you out. I love the story of the little 10 year old boy who was selling pencils door to door in his neighborhood. He came to a door and the lady said, son, what, why are you selling pencils? He said, I wanna raise $6 million to build a new hospital in Africa. The lady said, boy, that's a mighty big job for just one little boy, isn't it? He said, no, I got a friend who's helping me. You see, you and I can change our world if we'll recognize what's available to us. In the face of this COVID, we can change our world. The Bible's filled with people who change the course of the world because of their commitment to walk in God's provision and to walk in God's promise. David had an army of 50,000 men who could keep rank. They were not double-hearted. But if 50,000 can't be found by 7,000, God told Elijah in our story, you know, Elijah, you think the whole world's against you. You think everybody is, is bailed out and you're the only one left. Let me tell you, son, there's 7,000 people in Israel who have not bowed their knee to Baal. And I want to say to some people that are watching me right now, you're kind of isolated at home. Just understand, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. In the midst of what's going on, there are thousands of people who haven't bowed their knee to Baal. There are thousands of people in Greensboro who still love Jesus, still serving the Lord. I don't care what's happening in DC. I don't care what's happening anywhere else. Jesus is still building his church. The world can be changed by 300 people. Gideon got his army down to 300. Judges says that the Lord's promised him that 300 men, if you can find 300 men, I'll save the nation. But if 300 can't be found, it can be changed by 120 people. 120 people met in an upper room. We call it the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit descended upon that group of 120 people who were in one mind and one accord. You see, that's my contention about that, that prayer meeting that day. The miracle wasn't speaking in tongues. The miracle was 120 people in one mind and one accord. Because if God can ever get 120 people in one mind and one accord, the Holy Ghost will show up every time. 120 people changed their world. That's why we're here today, because of what that 120 people did. But if not 120, 50, if 50 men, Robert Spears said, in our congregation can be found who will enter the holy place of prayer and become men whose hearts God has touched with a passion. The history of our church can be changed. But if 50 can't be found, 10, Dwight Moody said, if 10 men will give themselves completely to the will of God, they will be able to change the world. God said to Abraham, I will not destroy it for 10. But if they're not 10, 
completely sold out to the will of God, the world can still be changed. It can be changed by two people. Jesus said in Matthew 18, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done of my Father who is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in the midst of them, and they can change their world. You don't have to relocate to get healthy and happy. You know, some people are trying to get out of the Northeast and they're coming to North Carolina and until last week they were going to Texas. But you don't have to change your location to be happy and fulfilled and not discouraged. Irma Bombach, the great Irma Bombach who went, has gone on to her reward, her famous statement was this, the grass is always greener over the septic tank. If you think it's better somewhere else, you need to just settle in where you are for a minute. You can get happy right where you are. I said you can get happy right where you are because it's not dependent upon the location, it's dependent on what's going on here. In your heart, in your spirit, and in your head. I made a decision, I'm not gonna live in discouragement. And I'm asking you to join me today to say, Lord, I'm gonna do whatever is necessary. I'm gonna remember your faithfulness. Lord, I'm gonna stop letting negative voices influence who I am. Lord, I'm gonna let your word permeate my mind and my heart and my spirit. And Lord, I'm gonna take what you've given me and I'm gonna give it away to others because joy comes in giving it away. Let me ask you, to make a decision with me today. That we're not gonna be thermometers in Greensboro. Thermometers, what do they do? They, they, just, they just tell you what the temperature is. And I walk in my hotel room, uh, as I did last night, I look at the gauge and it tells me what the temperature is in the room. Well, I wasn't happy with that. The good news is I could change the temperature and I wanna to say to everybody in this room and those that are watching me right now, you can change the temperature in Greensboro. Your job's not to be a thermometer, your job's to be a thermostat. Your job is to set the temperature. Your job is to regulate the temperature. Your job is to say, me and my house, we're gonna serve God. In the face of whatever hell's bringing against us, Discouragement abounds even with leaders like Elijah. Discouragement abounds with great people who know and love God. But in the face of it, I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember. If it weren't for his grace, I wouldn't be here right now. I'm gonna remember his mercies are new to me every morning. I'm gonna remember that's because of his mercy that I have not been consumed, that every breath I breathe is a result of something he's done. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna focus on the donut, not the hole. I'm gonna multiply God's promises to others and live in his word. Can I get a witness today? Hallelujah, give God praise, church, come on.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would take the truth of your word and make it alive and real in our hearts. Lord, for those that have been battling with discouragement and many with depression, I pray that even this morning, your Holy Spirit would just minister to them, touch them, put your arms of love around them in this moment today. Lord, I pray that you turn defeat into victory. You turn discouragement into hope and provision. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would minister to people who need you today more than they need lunch, who need you today more than they need anything this world could give them. In fact, Lord, they need you more than they need a vaccination. They need you to touch their lives and change it today. And so, Lord, I join my heart with people that are listening to my voice right now here and in and home or wherever you may be. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, you would reach to each one today with your presence and your power. And as they open their heart to you in this moment, I pray that you would transform lives today. You would touch people and change them by the power of your grace today. We recognize this morning that you are the resurrection and the life. And Lord, I pray for, that you would cleanse and forgive and make new today. You're the only one that can do that, Lord, in our lives. And so we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we stand together all over the house this morning?